So maybe you got a great idea for a business. You want to start selling products or services online. Maybe you're an established business owner and you're looking for new customers. Maybe you're interested in starting a personal website. No matter who you are, GoDaddy. That's right, GoDaddy wants to help you succeed online. Right now, GoDaddy is offering a .com domain for just $1.49. That's right, $1.49. It's go time. Start your website today. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter promo code JIM149 to get your $1.49.com. Some limitations apply. See website for details. This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. Jim Cren, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. We're at Talent Network Studios here. Uh, of course, our producer is uh, Josh uh, Folio, uh, Dave Settemart, Frank Mergia. We have Wayne Weil uh, here doing the sound also. And we have Mike Sasson, Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, and myself. And it is our Super Bowl show. That's what we'll call it, guys, our Super Bowl show. That's good enough, right? Yeah. We're not really sports expert mike knows the sports is there you're kind of a, you're a sports guy i think mike yeah since yeah. you do twisted sports mm-hmm. which is you know everyone loves twisted sports <laughs> but yeah we were uh, uh excited about the super bowl i'm sad about the super bowl because it ends football and i have football withdrawal i can't stand no football i actually watch canadian football there I'm out of the closet. Watch the Grey cup i used to hide that i'm out first time i was open with that i watched the i watched the entire season how about that? Wow. Uh, I, I was watching Arena. You watch <laughs> I Arena? I can't. Yeah, wow. So I yeah. I can't watch Arena. That's impressive. I can't. You can't, Mike. I can't. It's like it, it's – I mean, Why? because it's football with none of the things <laughs> that I like about football. Because it's no strategy. They can't play different defenses. Yeah. It's essentially mm. – it's like NFL Blitz but real. We're real, yeah. yeah, yeah but, yeah. like, after a while, you're like, I get it. They're going to score again, and now they're going to dance, and that's nice. Mm-hmm. But, but like, I love football for the strategy and the different yeah. – like, if we want to get into the X's and O's of this weekend's game, I'd love to – you know, all that kind of good stuff. But just to sit there and just be like, okay, you know, <laughs> they're going to throw it deep if he catches is it's a touchdown if it right. doesn't oh great well, I, I like it though. i i can watch it i mean i i agree i, I don't follow it closely I, i'd rather watch yeah i kind of like cfl's not too bad no cfl's not bad yeah, i'll no. watch cfl yeah i mean <clears throat> it's been around 100 years can't yeah. be montreal alouette fan i know there's toronto <laughs> are not fans oh, i didn't know that i'm a stampeder i'm out of here no <laughs> mike, <laughs> mike you're a rough rider both of them yes both of them <laughs> i wanted to play arena <laughs> You, that's the funny thing about football. You pl- oh, you guys played football. Yeah, right? I, I wanted to play arena did. down south. When High I level had, football. You uh, could have played probably. Well, my dad didn't want me to play. He wanted me to just go ahead and just finish playing for like going into college and playing. Right, right. And you hurt it, your knee, right? That's what yeah. Happened. What ended up happening was he told me he didn't want me to play arena because he felt like it's too intensive a game for how s- small. It is, I guess. Right. You know what I mean? And, for the, and for that the, was right when that dude died and they made like this huge thing. Well, for the about, money, too. I mean, now that we're learning about the injuries and the head injuries, yeah. your dad was wise to do that, Terry. Yeah, unless you're like, going to go to the point where you think you can make the multi millions or whatever, yeah. which, you know, but dead. that's a weird thing. 
when you're playing at the level you guys played, Mike Sasson also played at a high level. Mike, Mike you were there was all four years. 300 pound lineman. Yeah, that's right. For Clemson for two uh-huh. years. A lot of people don't know. Left tackle. Yes, left tackle. Now back to what, 140, right, Mike? Yeah. Got off the roids. Yep. <laughs> juice. Mike Sasson and Terry Jones both played at a very high level. Uh, football's very serious in Western PA. If you're not from here and you're listening, it's Friday Night Lights. Watch Friday Night Lights. It's Dillon, Texas. In it really is. Pittsburgh area. I'm telling you, it's serious. So Terry played serious upper-level high school and was recruited into college and then hurt his knee. Mike yeah. played for, Mike played for Connecticut. of Connecticut, yeah. which is Division D1, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah that's, that's big. That's a huge to get there. It's for 10% of your high school stars get into a D1. You were a tackle. Yes, uh-huh. I was a uh, well center my sophomore year and then uh, tackle my last two years. Last two years, okay. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I played, your tackle size. I played Sandlot <laughs> semi is a semi pro league they had in Pittsburgh. I played for a few years for semi pro league, and I love football. I was a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it was a long... wide receiver. That's a wide out. <laughs> and I, I loved it. I love the uh, the academic side of the game. I did. I did like the way plays developed and things, especially being a wideout. And I thought wide receivers my, my, was my favorite position too, because you're out there alone on the island and you can make a, you know make can decide a game. And uh, I got I started my last couple years. I played. I started to get some playing time, and we just played teams like you know Alliance Ohio or whatever. Yeah. And some teams in West Virginia. It was. It's called the Greater Pittsburgh Semi Pro League and all that, and so it's, like I said, f- football's king here. So those guys who played college and high school have to play somewhere during those mm-hmm. days. I'm surprised they don't have league. They they, they, they play still do. leagues. They still have. Oh, they still have semi pro leagues. Yeah, I know people so, who play on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so they play that semi pro league. But so obviously we're we're all you know football. I know Mikey's a football junkie. Mike Wysocki also. The reason I bring that up is I was watching a show the other night. It's on the NFL Network. And it's called A Football Life. And it's really well done. Uh, and they pick a player, a coach, or whatever, and they go through his life a bit with their bot and philosophy. And, and this particular episode was one of the most intriguing episodes I had ever seen by a coach who has always intrigued me. And it was Bill Walsh. Bill <laughs> Walsh. What, Bill an, Walsh. what a fascinating, fascinating story. Now, I'm watching it, and the way they set it up was perfect. They had a book. Bill Walsh wrote a book after he was done coaching which he admitted he left too early he was only 57 when he quit he said he, he felt he left a Super Bowl at least on the table which he did Seaford ends up winning right mm-hmm. he says he wishes he didn't retire he probably retired too early at that point he had tried television didn't happen he wasn't into it and his his line was quote I don't want some 27-year-old fuck talking into my ear telling me about football. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bill Walsh, the genius. Nice. So he wants to write a book. His friend, uh, Brian uh, Bellick from the Ravens, Ravens. and <clears throat> has been a coordinator all around the league, Minnesota and different teams. Very good coordinator, offensive mind, yeah. right? Ironically, his Ravens won on defense, but he was yeah. an offensive mind. That's why they originally hired him. But anyway, he was a, a a a disciple of Walsh and friends. Walsh says, "Hey, I want to write this book, and and I want to do this way." And and Brian says, "Well, we could do it for like an autobiography thing. We could do a thing where you could make a lot of money, write about your life, and then you go out and do speaker stuff to the businesses, mm-hmm. or 
You could do one that's more like a intellectual book, like a manual. Yeah. He goes, I want the latter. I'm going manual. He wanted to write a book that does nothing has nothing to do with anything outside of football. It's basically the manual, the Bible for coaches. And it has things like the art of negotiating, the art of the cap system, uh the West Coast offense plays, how to handle players, how to tell if a player's on drugs, how to do all these. Really, it was that detailed on all aspects, how to motivate your team after a loss, how to keep winning if you have a winning streak, what to do, what to say to your player. From, from psychological things to analytical things, there were 30, 40 pages on maybe one play. They had the, the, the catch. The cat. They had like he had a whole chapter on the catch. sprint right option. Yeah, whole entire chapter on this. So it ends up being eight hundred and fifty pages. Oh my god! <laughs> they pare it down to five hundred and fifty. This oh. guy he's working with, Brian Billick, has it all on tape. He calls him those. Pre- he says it's the most treasured thing he has. He has he has cassette tapes of Coach Walsh talking to him, and that's how he approached it for this book. He said, "Well, I'm going to just ask him questions as a coach that a coach would want to know." And he did that and added other things okay. the way he would want to. He says at the end of the book they get 500 pages. They, it's called I, – I, I'm sorry, I can't remember what – it's called Finding the Winning Edge. Bill Walsh, Finding the Winning Edge. And it's 500-some pages. He said, look, this isn't going to make it commercially. Bill Walsh says, I don't care. I wanted to get it out there, what I know. And everyone called him the genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And – there's a mixed review in the corner of the show. Some people say he despised being called the genius because he doesn't want to be known as that. The others say he loved it. I'm going <laughs> to think he loved it. Yeah, I would think right? so. Right? Yeah, probably. This is kind of the genius book. And every coach that they had in this thing, from Bill Parcells to whatever, they go around talk, at the beginning of the of football life. They're like, the book. It's, they're reading from it. And they're like, yeah, I, I, I go to the book. These coaches go to the book. Coaches now go to the book. I looked up an old Sports Illustrated article on Walsh about this book. They they have a side story of a high school coach following the book during his season. They go to it like it's the manual for coaching and life and for leadership and executives. I believe it. I decide I got to get this book. It sold 35,000 copies. And that was it. That's the way he wanted. That's how this guy worked, right? He mm-hmm. passed away, obviously, leukemia, I believe. God rest his soul. Too early. Died too early, too. But he, so right, right that's 35000 So I thought, I, I want to get this book, though. I, I don't care. I want to get it. I go on Amazon to try to buy the book. Guess how much the book is, if you want it. $1,000. $1,500. I was close. Yes. <laughs> There's, there's how many copies are there in, in the world? There are thirty five thousand was the what they, they, so, they yeah. made or whatever. Maybe they made forty thousand. Who knows? They sold thirty five, forty something. Yeah, that's it. They didn't. There's no. As far as I know, there is no reprint been made for finding the winning edge. Of Bill Walsh, this manual. Wow. Whoever has it, it's worth right now about fifteen hundred dollars. You have to go Amazon, eBay, whatever. You will get it for Imagine about if you have that. it signed or something crazy. Signed must be crazy. You know there has 20, to be some out there. That is amazing, isn't it, guys? That, yeah. that, that it's that. Wow. And, and the funny thing about it, when you go into his life, was do you guys do you guys know about him at all? Like have you like any did you ever little, read anything or I know little, little about Bill I, Walsh. Yeah. He was before my time. The yeah, only I mean, thing, well, you know I caught the college Bill Walsh. I didn't get to 
the NFL Bill Yeah, Walsh you were the, the end of his career when he was at Stanford. I was playing but video games with uh, Bill Walsh football for Sega. That was that's how a lot of younger generation know Bill Walsh from yeah. the video game for Pit Sega. Pit eighty yeah. was awesome. On that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it really, really, really was. Georgia Tech. Well, it was Georgia an interesting thing that was even be- about his life even before my time, even that I knew. Yeah. And he starts coaching, and he was an intellect, obviously, and went with its intelligent way of approaching the game plays were different they they were like paintings to him for instance if he had a quarterback drop him five steps on a play you had to draw five steps and the reason was he explained was because of the fifth step is when the play is going to open up if the play is finished and it will be there for you if you don't if you do the fourth step it won't be there you go six steps it won't be there and five steps it will be there so that was the kind of guy who's meticulous uh, with this whole thing and he was really an innovator on plays and he had he was that kind of guy who would do these special type flea flickers and all these different shit places. Yeah. So he gets hired eventually by Paul Brown. Paul Brown, at this point of his career, when he hires Bill Walsh, owns and is the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Bill is the offensive coordinator. He's calling the plays, running the offense. Um, and he's really brilliant. And you're showing tapes of him saying, you know, talking to him and stuff and telling Bill, you know, Brown telling, Coach Brown telling Bill what play do you want to run. So, so just showing he did have a big input with him. Paul Brown retires at one point after a few years. Bill thinks he's going to get hired. He passes him over. Passes over Bill Walls for the Bengals, and, and he's the owner or whatever. He's going to be the GM owner. Bill is crushed. Bill ends up looking for a job everywhere because he was passed over by this other coach. He looks for a job at the Packers and all these different teams. Paul Brown blackballs him. Paul Brown picks up the phone every time he's going to be hired and says he can't handle it. He's not emotionally sound. He'll crumble. Can't handle pressure. Think about this. Paul Brown fucked him. So I was amazed at this guy's resiliency. And I, and I Ended up buying another book by, that his son wrote from some of these notes to get some of the flow. And, and that was one of the things he, he wrote in the book mm-hmm. was you have to fail and have obstacles, he said, to achieve greatness. It was one of his lines, which he's on the money, right? Yes. So, so Paul Brown is screwing him over. He can't get a gig. He finally gets a gig at uh, Stanford. Yeah. So now he's in the college ranks. Goes from the pros to, to college. <laughs> Mikey's phone's going. That's okay, Mikey. All right. Oh, got to stop. It's all right. <laughs> don't want to make sure <laughs> it's not the emergency. loudest vibration I've ever heard. There's it's no like, way to turn that down. All anybody <laughs> heard on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <you're> <laughs> 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 <It's> like, <laughs> Mikey, the weed's in, right? It's like, it's like, I know. It's <laughs> trying to get all bad. <laughs> you know, I, I always worried like news. that's going to be that call where somebody's going to say, you know, I need to ride to the hospital. And I one phone call I miss. Like, <laughs> but anyway. Back real quick, the uh, so Paul, Paul screws him over. So he gets the job, Stanford. Okay, yeah, and he ends up winning. Obviously, at Stanford, gets the job. I'm fast forwarding, so real quick. Get, gets the job, the San Francisco job. Okay, San Francisco sucks at this point. They they are not winning. They're horrible. Does bad the first year, or second, and then starts to get Montana, Rice, etc. As we know, so by the third or fourth year, whatever year it was, the eighty was eighty two. Probably 83, whatever it was, 82, 83. He has them Super Bowl caliber. They make it to the Super Bowl. 
They make it to the Super Bowl. Guess who they face in that Super Bowl? Cincinnati. Cincinnati fucking Bengals. And Paul Brown, the guy who fucked him over. And these guys said, there is, he wanted to win this so fucking bad. Because he said, because they asked him in an interview, oh, no, it's football, it's the Super Bowl. And his friends and people, we knew, no, 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 no. He wants to win this so fucking bad he can taste it, man. Yeah. First play he ran in that Super Bowl was some kind of like <laughs> trick flea flicker type play. Yeah. They showed it on, on this phone. And, and it was basically, it was a fuck you to Paul Brown. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> nice. this is my play. <laughs> yeah. Look what I'm at. Fuck you. And he obviously beats a Montana and company has kicked the shit out of the Bengals. And I just thought that was the coolest. God works in mysterious ways. I just thought that was the coolest, inter- interesting thing. The guy that fucked him over. Yeah. I mean, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Brown. I mean, Walsh is stupid. Paul Brown, you know. I mean, you make the This argument. was his idol. Yeah, well, and he Paul fucked Brown, him over. He's a Hall of Famer only because he owns a team. No, Paul Brown. <laughs> well, he was kind Paul of an Brown was an, If you want to talk about the pretty much the guy yeah. who invented modern pro football. He was one he of pretty the much, I mean, the 40-yard dash. People run the 40-yard dash yeah. because of Paul Brown. Hmm. So, okay, so Walsh, mean, Walsh yeah. idolized him. Yeah. But for him to fuck him over and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and face and, him in a Super Bowl. Well, there's... Sounds like an 80s movie. And you know, does. like the action <laughs> comes and then they finally it. face off with their enemy. And then yeah. they have to ski down the K-12. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the, here's and there's str- some song in the background. Here's the strange thing. The year after they win the Super Bowl, yeah. it's the strike short, shortened season. They're, they have a horrible year. They end up like three and three and six. It was a shortened season. Not as many. They're in shambles. Horrible year. He's distraught. He can't handle it. Like kind of having a breakdown. He's such a perfectionist, and he wants to win so bad that it haunted him, tortured him that he didn't win the year after. This. A lot of teams flub the year after they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Little reliable. No, he's so fucking pissed. He wants to quit. He that he goes to karma policy and the guys. I'm resigning from coaching the 49ers. Had a new coach picked out. He said, I'll go. I'll be GM. I'll do GM work, and then we'll have this guy be the coach. They're all going to do it. And Carmen Policy or somebody in the owner, but Bertolo would talk him out. He says, nah, man, you, look, just come on, calm it down. Don't worry about it. Well, whatever he said. But part of that was Paul Brown going, see, ah, that's what I told you. This guy is emotionally. And that kind of got him to get it together, too. Walsh. Yeah, he ends mm-hmm. up saying, all right, okay, you know, I'm not going to give this guy that. And so he says, all right, I'll put it in better perspective. So he put it in a better perspective, obviously. He goes back, wins. You know the, the, the Super Bowls he won to make some the team of the '80s. Left one on the table by leaving a little too early. But in his post football life, he said, "You know, I wish I would have enjoyed it more. I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, I'm that yeah. kind of guy. But maybe that's what his makeup had to be. Is this an interesting guy? I'd love. To, I would love to read that finding the Winnie Edge book. But my God, I'd have to take out. We'd have to go to the bank and get a loan. It's, <laughs> it's weird too because in the '70s, you got the Bengals and the 49ers are maybe you know, kind of in the same overall team. Like they haven't really done that much. Right, right. But since then, I mean, the Niners have won five Super Bowls, while the Bengals, being owned by the Browns, have one Hall of Famer in their history. And they haven't won a playoff game in 24 years. That's pretty amazing. That is, only I mean, that's just a junk organization. That's some bad drafting. 
Can you guess the only Hall of Famer? Anthony Munoz. Anthony Munoz. The only one in the history of their franchise to make the Hall of Fame. Interesting. I thought maybe Ken Anderson should get a nodder. No no Boomer. Boomer. No no Icky Woods. I called Griffey Jr. No Icky Woods. He'll be in the commercial Hall of Fame. I like the Geico commercial. Not Griffey. Griffin. I'm thinking Griffey. Archie Griffin. I go Griffey Jr. Cold cuts. Archie Griffin. But Archie Griffin only had a couple good years, and then he got hurt. So let's ask. Not Hall of Fame. Let's ask the big question: Walsh is he the best coach in NFL history? No, that is a great question. No, because after watching a football life, I'm going to say, in my yes, just from reading this guy's story, I'm going to. And the reason I'm saying that is because of the way he did not only innovation, but he actually had ways of motivating players. He had ways, a philosophy that was proven. This way he handled his team. It was a cold philosophy. wasn't the warmest guy. The philosophy was to keep players till their peak. Like he told Dwight Clark, "Hey man, you're only going to be here." Or, or it was maybe it was another player. I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was. They were on the show, but but Clark did end up the same way, which was, "I you're only going to be here a couple more years because I only want you during your best years." See, he told this player, not Clark, but he said, "You're going to play seven, eight years in the NFL." You're a great player, but you're only going to be about three or four with me. The guy was like, what? Because I want you for your best years. That's why Montana, who was the greatest quarterback, even when he left, he still had a lot in the tank, brought Kansas City to the playoffs. Yeah. yeah he right. played that, orchestrated with him, with Montana and Young, to bring the best out of Montana. He just wanted the best out of these guys. He didn't care. How many Super Bowls did he win three? He won three. Yes, three. He won three. three and left one on the table. Two, two with Montana, one with uh, – No, he did not no. win one. He all with Montana. They were all with Montana. Three with Montana, and then there were two later with Young. And, and then there was no, a different was, coach. Well, the year after he left, Seaford won with Montana, which th- what, that was okay. like – Against the that, Bengals again. Yeah, that's like the <laughs> – No, actually the Browns. The Bre- the Broncos was the one. Oh, uh, okay. The, then it was the – Then it was they, – They were down a couple of years when the yeah. Cowboys came up, and then they won one with Young. That's what Where Young yeah. had Versus six San touchdowns San Diego. San Diego. Yeah, he had yeah. six when touchdown. Sanders was there. He had six touchdown passes, Young, in that game. Six touchdown passes. That's a that's a fucking great Super Bowl. Well, here, I like Steve here, here's my here, <laughs> that got him the MVP, I think. Or, I mean, that got him the uh, Hall of Fame because here, he did that. Here Jeez. are the guys. For, personally, work, too, you but. look at Lombardi. Very similar in a sense, took over an awful Innovator. organization. Innovator, first time. You know, and also the fact of the matter, he, you talk about being, you know, the, the just screwed over, was supposed to be the Giants coach, couldn't get the Giants, had to go to Green Bay when they were just the Siberia of the NFL, right. turned them wasn't, into wasn't a championship. Wasn't a thing at that time. Yeah, turned them into a championship organization. Chuck, Chuck Noll, though. Chuck, Chuck Noll. Noll. we got to give it to Chuck. Coach Noll. We were we lost for forty years. This was this was kind of the Siberia football in that time. Really, it was the, the mm-hmm. you were penalized to be the coach of the Steelers in those days because we had lost for forty years. We had no hope to win. <laughs> they thought they had thought he was Luke Skywalker. That's he why the immaculate reception so big. That was their first ever postseason win. Yes, yes. in the history of the franchise. It so, was, and I remember as a little kid. But I remember. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mike, so Walsh up. better than Noel. I'm going to give him an edge in a sense. I mean, it's so hard. It's like saying the greatest. This is apples and oranges. But to me, you know, Walsh maybe. Both are harsh. Remember, Noel was very harsh with, with Bradshaw. And, you know, right? He was – they both operated like CEOs. It wasn't like they were warm and fuzzy. They were pretty rough, although they were intellectual. Both, both intellectual coaches, yeah. too. 
not really although both had wicked defenses you know we had the greatest defense ever probably but i think noel was yeah right there with him but i'll just give a slight if you had to pick one i'm just going to give it give welsh maybe a slight nod it was funny though it was when andy russell which we'll have on the podcast one day i'm gonna get rocky blower and russell andy russell and a couple of players on from that era they're really they tell the greatest stories first and they're the nicest guys but i remember andy russell saying he said jimmy said whenever noel came in russell was on the team when they they had lost a couple of years you know and noel walks in and goes i just want everyone to know most of you are not going to be in this room by next year <laughs> you're just not good enough wow. he's like holy shit and he had a good year, Russell, too, that year before he said. But, I, but, but that's the way his mentality was. Look, we're, we're building a championship team. And, that's, that's and that, to me, is why Noel is the opposite of Bill Walsh. Because, number one, Noel would never write that book. Because he even admitted on NFL Films that he felt the coaching was something you do personally. And it wasn't something where he wanted to go, well, this is how I motivated Joe Green. That's between me and Joe Green. I don't, you know, do whatever. Yeah. But, to me, that's why... I mean, the thing about, like, a Chuck Knoll, and that's why, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'll am i be the Pittsburgh homer. I like him better than Walsh is because the simple fact of the matter is is that as a guy who at one time was a coach and at a high school level, everything like that, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy and the Joes. And the thing about it is is that what Chuck Knoll was so great about was he got the best guys, he put them in great positions – but then it wasn't – he didn't take the credit. It wasn't something like, oh, I came up with the great stunt 4-3. No. I had Joe Green. I had L.C. Greenwood. Yeah. I had Jack Lambert. I had these guys. I picked these guys. I put this team together and everything like that. Whereas guys like – that's why I just despise more than anything is Bill Belichick and people saying, oh, what a genius he is. You know what? Win without Tom Brady. Then call me a genius. Well, I, you know, I, all I, I agree of. with a lot of what you're saying. And, of course, you know, I bleed black and gold. I'm Stanley Pikachowski. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm Stanley Pikachowski. <laughs> and I agree with what you're Jim saying. Jim Crin is a lie. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> Stanley P is the real uh, Jim Crin. <laughs> 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 he's telling us the truth now. <laughs> I am Kyle L. It's like Stanley Michael Keaton saying he's Batman. But, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so bitter. I'm Stanley Pikachowski. Jim Crin is a front. <laughs> yeah, it's not really. Yeah, I'm really, he goes sit in the Stiller I, cave. I can't hide anymore. I can't pretend I'm Jim Crin anymore. <laughs> he has an Alfred making permani sandwiches for him. I can't hide in anymore. a Stiller cave with just Stiller stuff. <laughs> but I was, the, point was like, the reason I get, I, I think maybe I was given the slight edge with, and you said had greatest. Yeah, you know, how could you pick the greatest coach of all time? It's just a fun argument, but yeah. the nod. What went to Walsh? I, 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 the teams that were drafted, the Steeler team that were drafted were unreal. Now he was part of that, obviously. There was, a, I'm sure, scouts in front office. I mean, you draft like all these Hall of Famers. Yeah, just insane what he did. Charts. Insane. Walsh didn't have. He took. You know, Montana wasn't known as this monster quarterback before Walsh. He really wasn't Mm-mm. in that system. With that five drop, four drop, I mean, he became this very accurate and great passer yeah. with the West Coast offense. I not not taking anything away from Joe Montana, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, right? Top three in history from PA, from PA, from Western PA. Has to be. But maybe benefited <laughs> from the offense more than maybe the players benefited from another from from Walsh's system, whereas Ch- Coach Noel had a great system also. 
as a team, the players he drafted, just mm-hmm. raw talent. I'd have to say, we, I'd say the Steelers of the seventies are the most talent of any team in history. He, uh, so I mean, having that to, that to say, that's why I get a slight edge to Welsh. I think you guys have good points because it's uh, like Walsh had the formula. Walsh had mm-hmm. had a really good formula. You can tell. I mean, even when I watched uh, Rex when he had Sanchez, I would always tell people Sanchez is not a good quarterback. Watch him fail. Because Rex had him doing uh, a, a formulated play. If you really watch Sanchez, it was always three, four-step drops and then pass in that direction with that same formula. It was never, yo, let me check the field. Let me see who's open. It was always going in the direction of the drop. So it'd be one, two, three, boom, there's Braylon Edwards who's fast as hell, and he's going to get under the ball regardless. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like they knew the setup where I think what you're saying about Chuck Noll is that Chuck Noll had the the talent. He knew how uh, to to motivate his players to – and he admitted like how great they were. Is that is that what you? Well, it, to me, first and foremost, and I'll give this. To and Bill Joe Gillum had the cocaine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> he I motivates would, anybody. I gotta say Jefferson Street Joe real quick. Jefferson Street Joe. <laughs> I remember as a kid watching him in the exhibition game. He may be the best quarterback talent wise that I had ever seen in my life. <laughs> Till this day, I think it was unfortunate the drugs, and whatever because <laughs> drugs and always fucks him up. The drugs fucked him up. Uh, he, he, I think that's what, he was so talented. The year we won the Super Bowl, he was a starter. He was leading at least passer. half the game. Half huh. the game, he was the leading passer that year. Uh, yeah, and they put Bradshaw in. He got hurt and he never came back. Even after he got better, Joe Gillum. I don't know if they discovered the drugs. If it was what it was, if it was racism, I don't know. But that guy's talent. Was off the fucking charts. I heard he was a beast. It was. Yeah. A I didn't beast. get to see him, but I heard he, he was an animal. Was amazing. He was. I'm not. He was. He was Dan Marino, and Steve Young combined. How about that? He could flick a wrist and throw it seventy, oh, and he also could move quick like a Young, and and we run hard like Young. This guy was. You watch tape of Joe Gilliam. I think I want to pronounce Gil, Gillum. Gillum. It was Gilliam. I think it is. He, he always says Gillum. I think he passed. I'm pretty sure. I think he passed away. Yeah, he's correct. But I'm just saying that was amazing. But but anyway, I'm sorry. I think I took you off some. No, I mean, I just uh, to me, I think the thing about it's just I always just didn't like the fact that, and you talk about this genius moniker. I just I don't. I it finds I find it that I mean, granted, Walsh invented modern NFL offense. Like when you talk about the well, even just the five steps, get it out of your hand. If you watch NFL chunks of yardage with quick pass, you watch NFL film. That's what it is. It's one, two, three, boom. One, two, three, four, five, boom. It that's is. that's that's what NFL I like games how Mike, are. You can tell you the next football. He's throwing. He's actually throwing in there. <laughs> yeah, outside of if you have Mike a quarterback who's able to handle <laughs> vision, real vision. Ben is versus yeah, ben, like ben. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a couple other players that are like that. I mean, I, would you say I would say Peyton Manning's kind of like that, even though his is kind of formulated as well. It's kind of a mix. Well, guys, like, yeah, guys like Ben and Peyton are the best now. They're the current best. I agree with you. The vision's key, but they said that Walsh's the offense from the football life thing. They said that, that he was the one of the first coaches to give that second and third, fourth receiver, whatever the way for the quarterback to see it, yeah. and the option. They said he that was his philosophy, but but. Uh, to wrap this, this will wrap up the Walsh thing. I just, I just found it fascinating the whole thing about his life. Amazing, amazing. coach, Absolutely and I know he was the, you know, dubbed the gene. But I'm, I think at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I think they're going to build, build as much as we hate him. 
Belichick's going to be known as the greatest coach, probably. I, I think, don't think he'll be known not. as the greatest because he has two two uh, scandals, two scandals right stuff. now. I don't think it's going to. Well, do. Deflategate, Spygate, and then. Yeah, I mean, if he wins and another Super Bowl, Gate, just I think being it's in time, Cleveland. I think, it's, yeah, <laughs> I think I think as time goes on, though, those scandals aren't going to be as scandalous. I don't think. I, you know, for you don't instance, think the voters will think. treat it like steroids no, in baseball? No, not at all. I, I not think, at all. Because I, logic said, now we're emotional about it and we see it. And but you know, and, and I'll let you finish your point in a second, Terry. But I just can't mm-hmm. picture fucking Belichick going to Tom Brady. Listen, Tom. You know the game plan we have against Coach, <laughs> throw, like Doctor Evil. Throw it out the throw it out the window, <laughs> Doctor Evil. Here, <laughs> we're gonna do a thing with the balls, <laughs> right? <laughs> Deflate them. No, 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 no. Scruff them now, and we bring them outside. The weather will make them smaller. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. <laughs> I mean, they, they fucking crushed that Colts team. The defense pounded the shit out of them. There was no ball for the defense. No, nah, I don't nah. know what ball they had, but they were fucking killed them. I mean, so regardless, they, they would have got, yeah, got that ass. Yeah, they would have got that ass anyway. So mm-hmm. they could look I back think. and go, yes, they cheated with a smaller ball. No, fucking Indy had seven points in that game. And mm-hmm. I don't think they But cheated. I think there is They're, an institutional. I mean, yeah, they cheated. They it's, 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 it just seems to be institutional in that organization. If yeah. you ever read stories, like there was a story I read that uh, – Offensive coordinators know that if you're if you're driving in Gillette Stadium, somehow magically your headsets start to go off. Look, I Stuff think it's going like to be that. no different than the Oakland Raiders having Vaseline in their shirts and, and, the, and the players grabbing the shirts and Vaseline. So it's going to be no more controversial than that. And L. Davis is in the whole oh, thing. Yeah, we don't even talk day. about mm-hmm. that. Gina, stick them all over the legs. Terry, you were going to finish a point. I'm sorry. Oh no, I, I, what were you I don't say? even remember what it was. I don't, I, I'm <laughs> sorry, Matt. It's all you. good. I, it's all good. I, don't, I don't think it was that. You were ready to hit the most important point of the show. <laughs> I just took you off. No, man. it's okay. I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was brilliant. Really, bottom line, I was Bill Belichick of that line. It's going to be genius. You're the genius. Got to write a book. It'll be worth. $1,500 finding the, finding the real edge or something like that. yes that, that'll be for my for there I have five a 15, copies sold I have a $1,500 a book yes. mine that's <laughs> I'm going to write my book and charge 1500 a book right off the bat why wait there you go <laughs> Yeah, you know, just go for it. Right do like the, the do like the rapper Nipsey uh, Hustle. He got his uh, <laughs> album selling for a thousand dollars. There's only like forty copies in the Very world. Very smart, really. Thousand dollars, like a ten piece. of them. Yeah. There you go. It's He's a, like, I'm gonna be making paint. <laughs> thought, why not? It's a yeah. good move. It's I just like the name. Economics. Yeah. <laughs> what, Nipsey Hustle. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nipsey Hustle's dope, man. That's a great name. He's really Nipsey dope. Hustle. <laughs> Nipsey Hustle. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, man. Hey, since we're just at Super Bowl show and doing all kind of sports, let's go to Mike Wysocki with your twisted sports. Go to Mike. Well, we're going to start a little refreshing honesty in sports in a week filled with constant, unending chatter about deflated and shrunken balls. Lance Armstrong has emerged from Pariahville and said if he could do his career all over, he would cheat again. Good for him. Good for him. That's what I'm saying. Jose Canseco allegedly said, right on, brother. It's weird that, uh, you know, that. It's kind of good in a way to hear this. This isn't the obvious defiant liars, you know, like always injured A-Rod and balloon head Barry Bonds and Royd Raid Roger Clemens. It's obvious you guys are on it. 
stop denying it. And this isn't like Mark McGuire who cries like a baby when asked about it or Sammy Sosa who avoids the questions and gets his skin bleached and leaves the country. Lance Armstrong, unrepentant asshole. Give him credit for that. A uh, petition to sign 40,000 signatures is going around to the NFL. The petition wants the Patriots wins versus the Ravens and Colts to be nullified and have the Colts and Ravens play in the AFC Championship. Glad they're spending time on something that's realistic. The Indianapolis Colts, known for sneaking out in the middle of the night from their home, a drunken owner who's such a drunk the NFL suspended him, and they're also known for piping artificial noise into the stadium and for increasing the temperature in the dome when players on the Patriots had the flu. So, Colts, you don't have any moral ground to stand on. There's all kinds of cheating in the NFL. The Ravens, not exactly a shining example of an NFL franchise, at least in player behavior. So, start you teams, lots of teams cheat. You're giving them the examples about the stick em. I mean, you got to look right at home. The Steelers were all roided up in the 70s. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they were a great team, but the roids didn't hurt. <laughs> so, the Super Bowl weekend, and of course, you'll hear people say, my favorite part is the commercials. Just shut the hell up. There's always a couple good ones, but they're generally <laughs> overrated. Yeah, and who the fuck cares about how much each one costs? Did you hear how much each one costs for a 30-second <laughs> ad? It doesn't affect any of us in any way. So, just sit back and enjoy the game. It's... uh. No one really to root for here. People hate the Patriots right. because, you know, the, the the culture of cheating, they've been bad. And no one likes the Seahawks either because they're kind of loud, they're arrogant, they're kind of brash. So You're I right. don't know who everyone's rooting for in this one. That's but a good point. I'm kind of rooting for Seattle. Leaning, you leaning towards Seattle? Yeah. yeah. Mikey? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I love the Lance Armstrong quote. I, I remember reading that this week. I was laughing about Lance Armstrong. I would cheat again. This <laughs> fuck. I know. Because just he wanted to. He is just such an ego that he wants to look at his name in headlines again. Uh, who would mm-hmm. come out and just say, "Why the fuck would you say that?" After you sat there and had to smell Oprah's sweaty feet because she took her shoes off ten minutes <laughs> <laughs> and, and cry and all that and do that hour interview. And humiliate yourself. Now you come out and say oh, you would do it again. You would cheat. You got to be fucking kidding me. Because you, he, he rides a bike. What else? I mean, if, <laughs> if, if he doesn't, if you're the second place guy in the Tour de France, you're still just you have no money. No, Cheryl Crow won't return your phone calls. No, Nothing. You happens. don't get Cheryl yeah. Crow. You have to no. win the Tour de France, and so the only way he knew how was to cheat. That's yeah. the thing. You, you, it's not. You like don't if even you're get the, Francis Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Cheryl Crow. Yeah, you won't get the French. Cheryl she won't Crow. call you back. Right. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> I know they always say it's the biggest sport in the world. Really? I've traveled all over the world. I don't remember one fucking person coming to me in Italy or anyone. It's Tour de France. Great. <laughs> <laughs> With the seeds, you mean. Tour de France. There's a stiller bar in Italy. I'm telling you. Like, yeah. Soccer's probably the biggest. NFL is king here in, in our, in our in country. And it, so that's all that counts to us. I love football. The Super Bowl is going to be great. I hope everyone enjoys it. Seahawks. Seahawks. Go, all right, Seahawks. Let's, let's do our pick, guys. All right, I'll go around Seahawks. for everybody Seahawks. here. I'm going to say New England wins this uh, game. I'm going to say the deflate gate brought them together to win in the locker room. I'm going to give them the edge. I'm, you're going to say Seahawks? Team? I'm going Marshawn the Beast Lynch. He's he a just beast. did a Skittles uh, Skittles <laughs> press conference. Yeah, so he's ready. That. He's ready. And, and I, I, know, I don't give a shit who wins. I don't like either team, but I'm going to just lean towards New England. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go Seattle? 
Mike. Well, I'm, I'm cheering for a meteor to hit the stadium. That would actually be <laughs> just a giant okay. crater no. to just, and, you know, but the, like announce the teams like they could stay there. The people leave, meteor hits, and then we watch the commercials. Belichick but, would live in blame Belichick for the meteor. Oh, man. I think I'm playing the game in my head right now. I think Patriots pull out a close one. Patriots? Patriots are going out a close right. one. And it is a battle of kind of asshole head coaches, but <laughs> I think I'm going with Seattle in this one. I think it is going to be close. I, I'm kind of – it's going to be a good battle. It's almost like the old guard, the old two, dynasty the versus the new kind of dynasty. Yeah, no one's won two in a row and since the Patriots, and that was like 10, 11 years ago. Got to hand it but to I go, Carol. I don't know. I, it's always a cliche with the bottom line defense, and Seattle's defense is <sighs> so good. Yeah. Go, Wayne, Wayne, our engineer. Wayne, what do you think, bud? Uh, Give us your pick. Like, yeah. The Patriots are just masters of come come from behind wins. You gonna go Patriots? Uh, I hate saying that out loud, but yes. <laughs> right, yes. I, I gotta tell you this, guys. One thing I predict for sure: commercials. It's gonna be a lot of Kate Upton's tits, which is great. I think. You know, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> then we all win. They are the incredible. <laughs> That's the winner, Kate yes. Upton's breasts are the winning thing for sure. Yeah, there's going to be probably nine commercials with her, you know. She's yeah, there will be, including there was a video talking game commercial about already. So yeah, they're already yeah. starting. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I know what you said Mike. People saying, oh, the commercial, they are fucking good though. Huh? They're interesting. A couple of them, but none of them are really that memorable. There's a couple good, couple ones. good, but ones. a lot. It's, it's always a there's letdown. Fun I think. Think. Yeah, I guess yeah. we're we're they build it up so much. There's nothing else so to much. talk about. You think, oh my god, these are going to be great. And yeah, always, yeah. Eh, that was all right. There's like four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when the game stinks, then you are just like. We yeah, got, yeah, yeah, now it's about like, commercials. I think it's good. Last year game. the game stank, but the, the there was a run there. We had some good Super Bowls for about four or five years. There. Tell you what, was, the greatest they were all Super Bowl ever. I had the, was fortunate enough to be at, and, and it was our Super Bowl. We beat uh, Arizona, Kurt Warner in Arizona. Oh, a great that Super Bowl. That was unbelievable. When Holmes made, when Ben Ben deserves more credit than he got for that drive. That was an amazing drive. We got a people forget we got a penalty in the first play of that game, and we're, we we're, we started like on our own ten or twelve, whatever it was. Santonio San was incredible too. It was, but oh, yeah, that, that was just beast. that was off the charts. That that game that just that was so dramatic, and then people forget. Keys got the fumble. You know, fumble. Uh, one of our linebackers, Woodley, was knocked a, it out. Was that yeah, knocked it out? Woodley, yeah, yeah, knocked it out. Which was great that he did because believe me, Warner, they couldn't they couldn't stop Fitzgerald at that point. We were really mm-hmm. tired. Even yeah, we've. That, that, was that was him. That was him. Prime. He was, that game. He was. He was possessed, and he. They he had was. another minute. <laughs> and thank God, that Woodley, Jerry Rice's soul. He did in that game. Woodley yeah. knocked that ball, but Keys got it. The rest is history. To me, that was the greatest Super Bowl ever, and I couldn't believe it. When I got to be at that that game. I could cover a lot of Supers. Very fortunate. But I just uh, hey, thanks so much for everybody for for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it, and hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. And we'll catch you next week. And just. Uh, have fun eating all the good food. That's always great, right, guys? Yeah. That's the fun part about it, too, the mm-hmm. game of food. Yes. Everyone yeah, got something good. Everyone bring some kind of special crazy nacho dip. Be careful of that, though. You could end up the second half in the bathroom. <laughs> it's, long dip. But it's, a lo- it's a long <laughs> halftime. That's why they do that. It's a long halftime. Yeah, sure. Enjoy. Hey, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate this. Jim Crane, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Hey everybody, it's Jim Cran of Jim Cran No Restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now every week listening to the show. 
Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or JimCran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. If your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to primecoregroup.com.